Hi friends, welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help you figure out what's really going on in your relationship and to help you start moving forward on getting away from your abuser and to start your healing journey and to help you to really figure out who you are and get your life back. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how when you're in an abusive relationship, nothing is yours. Whatever you thought was yours when you came into the relationship, whatever you buy or acquire while you're with this person isn't yours. And we will talk about what that looks like and why they do that. Before we dive in, I will go ahead and start with my struggles and successes. This week, um, a struggle is that I um, have been... I've been working a lot and I've been working really hard to get my house organized before I start my summer trip with my son, aka I'm going through the garage, I'm going through both of our rooms, I'm going through all kinds of stuff to downsize. I always downsize before I go on trips and really try to organize our space so that when we come home it's not just like a mess, it just feels better. Also, um, of course, minimizing is always a good thing. Um, And so I've been going through all this stuff, but in order to do that you have to make a huge mess. You've got to pull stuff out living room's a mess. There's stuff everywhere. You've got bags of stuff to go to donation, but it's not the day that you get to drive to the donation place. I don't know about you, but I live in a place where it's not nearby. So I have to like plan ahead, excuse me, to drop stuff off. Um, and so it's just been like a really hard on my nervous system kind of time because like the sleep schedule's off because I'm working late, working early. And then I'm trying to work on that stuff. I'm surrounded by stuff. And then of course my beautiful, lovely kiddo wants to talk to me and I'm trying to have quality time with him and doing all this stuff. And there hasn't really been a lot of time for my nervous system to just exist. Um, and so that's kind of rough and weird. And I'm looking forward to coming out of the other side of this little phase that I'm in. Um, I know that's not like a huge struggle, but you know, sometimes they're going to be mega. Sometimes they're going to be like super obvious abuse related. And sometimes it's going to be like day-to-day stuff. Um, the important thing and the reason why I do the struggles and successes is because I want you to be able to know me and who I am as a person and to, to connect with me and relate to me. And, you know, maybe you're feeling the same thing. So spring cleaning, right? Um, a success is that I am doing it. I am going to do it. Like I said, I've got bags of stuff in the garage and I'm sort of like, I guess at the top of the hump. So I'm hopefully on my way back down through that and then I can start packing our bags and we'll be getting ready to go on our trip. So I'm super excited about that. Um, okay. Nothing is yours anymore when you're with an abusive person. One of the biggest examples and one of the things that I still think about quite often to this day, because I'm reminded of it fairly often, is that from day one, like very, very early on um, in the time that I started interacting with my abuser, they would open my mail for me. They would open any package, any letter, anything. So I would come home. Maybe I've ordered some stuff on Amazon. And I don't know if you're like me. I kind of like opening stuff. Because it feels like, you know, as an adult, we don't get special cards and letters anymore. At least I don't. We don't get really, like, special stuff sent from other people. And so, like, you know, you order something on Amazon or you order whatever, this thing that you've been waiting to get, and you come home and it's already out on the table. And it's like, I don't know. Like, if you've communicated that, you don't mind that. And, like, maybe you like to come home and it's, like, it's already, like, it's out on the counter. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, my thing. Okay, cool. You communicated that. It's fine. Um, Or you say, hey, you know, if you see my... Um, 
car statements. Can you open them and hang them on the fridge? Because I know you always are opening your mail and I always forget to pay my car for some reason. I don't know why you wouldn't have it on auto. I guess some people probably don't, but I have to, otherwise I don't remember to pay it. Um, put it on the fridge so that I can see it. Circle it red. I just, thank you so much. I would really appreciate that. And they're like, sure, I'm already here. I'll do it. Right. That's totally different. But when it's never been talked about and this person is just assuming that they have the right to open every single thing that comes to the house in your name, they're entitled to it. That is not normal. Like that is not, there's no respect for space there or privacy or what's yours is yours. What's mine is mine kind of thing. Um, and one of the things that really helped me understand that is that my husband, who I was in a relationship with for seven years, never once opened my mail. There's some gray area because we do still to this day share um, Amazon Prime. And every once in a while, he'll order something that comes in my name or something of mine will come in his name. I don't know why, because usually it's fine and it doesn't happen. But like, so I'll open something of his and I'm like, ugh, it's a flight training book thing. And I put it back. Um, I don't take it out. I want him to see that there's a box there or whatever. Um, but I, it really hit me that I was like, I was married to him and he never opened his mail and I never or opened my mail and I never opened his mail. It just never crossed my mind that I would ever open someone else's mail. Like it has a name on it. That's who it's for, right? Again, if it's something that you've talked about with your partner or if it's like maybe it's it's like mutual bills but it's only coming in your name and the other person knows what it is and knows what it's for and goes ahead and pays the bill or whatever, that's totally different from just being like, this is mine. Oh, you ordered a new book, opened it, put it on the shelf for you. Oh, you opened like whatever. I know that some of this might seem like they're doing a nice thing, but again, it's it's an entitlement. It's a decision that they make without your permission or even knowledge sometimes. Another example is, um, that whenever we, we would be together, we were driving somewhere. It was always, we had to drive my car and it was, again, I guess I'm sort of talking a lot about entitlement here is entitlement is one of the biggest things that goes with this type of behavior is that one, I always had to drive. That's another story. And two, it always had to be my car because they wanted to use my gas and put the wear and tear on my vehicle so that their vehicle could be preserved and safe and good. Um, and also when my other car broke down and I bought this car, I went by myself to get this car and they had actually the same car. And I talked about this. I don't think. Yes. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> about inability to make decisions when you're in an abusive relationship. You sort of lose your <clears throat> ability to make choices. And what can end up happening is that you for example, buy the same exact car as your abuser. That is what I did. It's a different car, but it's also the same car. And, um, what happened is that I came home and my abuser looked at my car and was like, do you want to trade cars? And I was like, are you going to do the payment? Cause my payment's a lot higher than theirs. Also, I do make considerably more money than them. And so they left me alone after that, but they genuinely were like, let's just trade cars. I'll drive your car. You can drive mine. Why would that ever cross your mind? Why would you just assume that someone who just bought a brand new car would want to trade and drive your car. That's like a year or two old. Like that just doesn't make sense, but it's that sense of entitlement of, I like what you have. Yours is now nicer. 
So I'm going to take it. And I'm, I'm going to say this thing that's so outlandish, but I'm hoping that you'll be like, I guess, right? Another example. And again, I know that I'm using very specific examples from my own experience. Um, these are just the things that popped up. I never want to sit here and feel like I'm just like, and then they did this and then they did that. But these are some of the things that I experienced that you might be able to relate to. Um, I need to stop saying that because I hope that if you know me and you've listened to me enough, you know that I'm not just sitting here like, you know, these are the things that we go through. So we're going to share them. Um, I remember at the end of our relationship, I, for some reason I knew it was over and I had been like halfway out the door for months and I decided to buy them a gym bag and I bought myself a gym bag because theirs was like super ratty and I didn't have one. And so I got them a nice like Herschel duffel bag because they had a duffel bag before and I got myself a backpack. It can be used for travel. It can be used to carry my laptop. I just wanted a backpack and they saw the backpack and they're like, can I have the backpack? I will trade you. I want the backpack. And I was like, no, I bought myself the backpack or the time that I got, it was like a cute little, I ended up selling it, but it was like from Goodwill and it was a little like leather, nice, um, it was a nicer brand laptop bag, laptop bag. And I brought it home. They're like, Hey, can I use that? Can that be mine? And I was like, I picked this out for me. Like, it's just this constant, again, entitlement. My clothes were not my clothes. I would buy myself something and they would wear it without asking me. They would just wear, I mean, they would wear my workout clothes. They would wear my shirts. They would wear my jackets. They would try to wear my shoes. They would wear my bras. They would wear my underwear. They would use my toothbrush. I'm sorry, wearing someone's underwear and using their toothbrush is an absolute no, never, never, no, do not pass go. Um, and so down to the most intimate things, again, your mail, maybe it's a letter from your grandma, maybe it's your freaking underwear, whatever it is, your toothbrush, nobody should be even touching the bristles on your brush. That is for your mouth only. You don't have that thing. It is not yours. They have the right to use it at will. And the biggest thing that drove me crazy about my clothes is that they would ruin them. They were very rough on their clothes. They would, on my clothes, they would wear them at the gym, do all kinds of stuff, snag the legs up. And I, I, I know it might sound really bratty and a lot of lesbians, like they are, they date each other because they want to share clothes. That's not why they date, but they're like, Ooh, bonus. I'm going to share clothes with you. I didn't like that because I didn't like the feeling of their entitlement. And it wasn't two ways. It wasn't great. We'll both share clothing. It was like, yeah, I wore their ratty clothes. It's like pajamas and stuff, but it was like, I'm going to take your nice clothes that you have invested in because you want them for yourself and I'm going to use them. And I don't care if you don't like it. It got to the point where I was like, these are the things that you cannot touch. Like, do not touch this. And of course they would do it behind my back because that's just what they do. Right? So again, you have no privacy. You have nothing that is yours. And all of these things you can lose if you leave them right? Because they already have been feeling like it's theirs. They're entitled to the records that you bought that remind you of your dad. They did not take my records. I'm just giving examples. Um, they actually didn't take much of mine. They took some things, whatever. I don't care. Um, but you know, your, your dog, that's a big one. I can't believe I almost forgot about that. I've talked about Pip a lot. My dog that I spent a lot of money on 
that I trained, that I spent lots of sleepless nights trying to get her to be a good little girl, sleep through the night, be potty trained, um, you know, paid for her to be fixed, paid for all her shots, paid for all her food, her toys, everything. They wanted to take this dog. They felt entitled to the dog. And again, I've talked about this a lot. These are all abuse tactics. These are, there's always a reason behind why these people do these things. And I've talked a lot about Pip and how she was used as a pawn to keep me around, you know, in this abusive relationship. But anything that is yours can become something that they insist on having if you leave. Um, I'm keeping your book collection. I'm keeping the furniture. I'm keeping your clothes because I've been wearing them because whatever reason. I'm keeping, I'm just like looking at stuff in my car. I don't know. Whatever. I'm keeping the dishes, even though you brought them into the relationship. I'm keeping this. I'm keeping that. Or I'm going to fight you for these things. Or I'm just going to take them. Or whatever that looks like. They just feel entitled to it. They just feel like what's yours is theirs. Also, I do know that people do tend to, when a relationship ends, sometimes maybe you have a t-shirt or a sweatshirt of theirs. Maybe you have um, their their favorite book is at your house. Like there's a couple things like that. Maybe they left a plant, you know, like relationships end and you know, I don't care if you have a shirt of mine. I don't, you can keep the shirt if it makes you feel better, whatever that happens. Um, but if you find someone, if you come into a relationship and they've got like, I can't, I just feel like I'm sort of trash talking in this episode. I'm really not trying to, but my aunt, my abuser had like a mug that they had like taken from each ex like it was like this is this is julia's from california and this is uh rachel's from seattle and this is person from florida like it was just like a collection of mugs and then there was a collection of shirts or clothing like this person was going to medical school and this is their shirt from that and this is my ex-wife's from the college they were going to. And this, it was like a collection of things from other people. And yes, I know that they have a mug that was mine. Like, and again, I don't care about the mug, but it's a very, like, if it's like some weird an inanimate object that you just ended up with and you're like, sure, I don't care. Whatever, you know, if the person wasn't abusive, you're just like, it's just a cup. I'll just keep it. I don't care. It's not even something you probably really think about. But like a lot of times these people will purposefully keep stuff like that because they do feel entitled to it. And they're just sort of like rolling with it. I don't know. I think it's really weird. I also understand why. Again, it's all about control. Um, and these are some of the things that you can look for to kind of feel out if this person is. A, it's, it's a small way compared to the other ways that they're asserting control over you to have more control. To not allow you to have privacy. To... Um, to, to not allow you to have your own things or your own spaces or your own, um, your own life in any way, shape or form. And it can feel very yucky. Again, some of you might be listening to this and be like, that didn't bother me at all. Um, again, this was one of the least of my worries throughout the relationship. But a lot of times, you know, and a lot of people will call coercive control, narcissistic abuse, these kinds of abuse, they call it death by a thousand cuts. And this is one of those little tiny things that's just paper cut, paper cut, paper cut, because it's not a massive wound. It's not ruining your life, but it's just like, 
it's another little thing that plants those seeds in your brain that you're nothing. You don't deserve to have the privacy and the safety and, you know, your own, your own freaking toothbrush, right? You don't deserve that because they deserve all the things. So that's all I have for you today. Please don't ever trade cars with someone, especially if they have the short end of the stick um, or anything else. If you've got something for you um, and you're set on it and you wanted it, please don't ever let someone feel like you have to give that to them. Um, I know it can be really rough, especially when it, you know, when it comes to pets, I've heard a lot of people who've had to give up their pet because abusers not backing down. And that is a really tough choice to make. Sometimes it's the only choice that you have, but when it comes to all the other stuff, mm -mm, I'm sorry. It's wild. It's just wild out here y'all. Okay. That's all I have for this episode. Um, before I wrap this up, I want to remind you, I am a certified trauma recovery coach. I do offer 30 and 60 minute sessions as well as a six week, uh, recovery program. Um, I work with both people who are still in their abusive relationship and need that sort of help to, um, gear up to leave. We can make a plan to leave. We can make sure you're safe. You know where to go, what to do with your things and start the journey for healing. I work with some people who are already out and are just trying to get their life back, figure out what their hobbies are, what's going to make them happy. How do I navigate, you know, being single in this world after abuse? Um, I work with some people just, again, taking your life back, finding out who you are, uh, working on healing that childhood trauma that got you here in the first place, uh, things like that. So if that sounds like something you want to do, go to thelindsaygoodman.com and click on the coaching tab. I would love to work with you. Also on that same page, you can find the LGBTQ support group that I host with Trade and Latore one Saturday a month. Um, we love hosting that. We're really looking forward to, you know, continuing this support group for our fellow queer survivors. Um, if you like this podcast, whether you're listening on, um, iTunes, uh, Spotify, or you're watching on YouTube, please rate, review, subscribe. I really want to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most and your interactions really do make that happen. Again, that's all I have for today. So please go do something nice for yourself drink some water, and I will see you again next week.